Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. Thank you so much for being with me. Happy Valentine's Day. Not to you, that's a reminder for you to go and tell your wife, whether you get her a gift, a card, chocolates, or whatever, go beyond that today and make sure that she knows that she is special to you, not just as your wife but as the mother of your kids. Because today I want to talk to you about parenting with your wife. This is something that I think we overlook sometimes, or sometimes that we just don't look at, and therefore we might miss it. And I'm going to buck against some traditions a little bit. I'm going to push against some traditional ideas, probably make lots of friends from this, hopefully. (laughs) Maybe not, but I want to challenge you today as a dad to recognize that you're not in this alone. And if you happen to be divorced, I still think there are some good things that you can glean from this episode, so don't completely dismiss it. But this will be targeted for those dads who are still married with kids under the roof. Or honestly, they don't even have to be under the roof. You still are married and you've got kids. That's the target audience for today. But before we jump into that topic, I'd like to ask you, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast and do something even better with it, not just to benefit yourself, but why don't you share it so that you can benefit other dads. Share it with your network of friends, with your community, share it on social media. And while you're on social media, why don't you go ahead and follow Fathering Our Future on the platform of your choice and specifically on Facebook. If you'd like to, as a dad, please send an invite to Fathering Our Future Dads Only. This is a dads only group, hence the name. I made it really easy so even us dumb dads could get it all straight and figure it out. But it's a good community where you can ask questions, answer questions, be helped, and be helpful. It's a place where we're working together to better father our future because that is the goal and the mission of this entire thing, to help men love being dads, to help dads be better dads every single day, and to form a community of dads where together we can better father our future. So do that. Be blessed be a blessing. But today we're talking about parenting with your wife. You're in this together. This is a team effort. This is not a solo act. You're not just dad all by yourself and all responsibility falls on your shoulders. Nope. You've got a beautiful young lady by your side who also bears the title of mom. She's in this with you. You are parenting with your wife. And here's one thing that you need to understand. You need to get it through your thick skull because we are competitive by nature. We like to be first. We don't like to be last. We all have that, you know, hint of Ricky Bobby in us. If you're not first, you're last. You know how it is. You're competitive. Even as men working with other men, we could be transporting bricks from A to B and we will find a way to make it competitive oh, I can carry more bricks than anyone else, or I can do this the fastest, or I can move the most from here to there, and everyone's going to be like, oh, you're so strong. And, you know, we blow this junk up in our minds because we're so competitive. But in the household, 
when it comes to you and your wife, it's not a competition. It is not a competition of daddy versus mommy. That's a horrible thing to think. So please do not think that. And I understand that we have this natural nag. It's almost innate within humans to make comparisons. We do this with just about everything, experiences that we have, situations that we go through, things that we just perceive. We always compare them to something else. You can go through something, some experience, and you can say, oh, that reminds me of when this happened. There's a comparison. I think about when I had COVID. A buddy of mine, Derek Weeks, who I also interviewed, and it's about miscarriages and autism and hope. If you'd like to check out that episode, you'd be doing yourself a big favor, so please do that. But he and I had COVID at the same time, and we got out of it. He was in the hospital, and I had it pretty bad, and we talked about it after the fact. And honestly, there were a couple of nights where I was afraid to go to sleep because I thought I might not have the strength to wake up the next day. I I felt like I got close to death, and he felt the same way. And I told him how I conceptualized that by a comparison. I said, I have a fear of falling, not that I'm afraid of heights, but when I'm not secured and I'm up high. For example, if I'm looking even over a second story railing, I understand that if I keep looking over a little bit further and just keep tipping a little bit more, that eventually I will flip and I'll fall and possibly meet my fate. I said, that's what COVID did for me with death. It's like I looked over the railing of life and realized, whoa, death is just right there. And if I tip just a little bit more, then that's going to be the end of the road for me. But we have this intrinsic way of using comparisons to understand the world and everything that we go through. So we make comparisons all of the time. So even though this is how we function, make sure you don't do it between you and your wife because it's not a competition. Also, your kids, newsflash, they're humans. They're going to do the same thing with comparisons. So here's a big thing that I never, ever want you to do as a dad. Your kids are already going to be making comparisons about everything else. Don't give them another thing to start comparing. Never under any circumstance, even if it's a silly, funny situation, it's never appropriate to ask your kids who their favorite parent is. Who do you like more, mommy or daddy? Don't be an idiot. Don't ask your kids that question. Even if it's in jest, don't do it. Because... You don't even want to get your kids thinking along those lines. Let me tell you why. That's a question that is, it stems from brokenness. The only time that question should ever come up is when it has to come up when you and your wife are getting a divorce and then your kids have to make a decision. Then your kids have to weigh in on this and they have to say, well, I guess if I have to pick between mom or dad, I'm going to pick mom or I'm going to pick dad. I've got to make a decision. So I've got to think, well, who do I think treats me the best, who can do this, or who does things that I like. And depending on the age of the kid, there's going to be dumb factors that go into picking one parent over the other. You don't even want your kids to think along those lines, because not only is it a question that stems from brokenness, it's a question that creates separation, because they're going to look at mommy and daddy, who at one point were on the same playing field. 
And now all of a sudden, well, I think mommy might outrank daddy. So now you've moved apart because you're not on the same field. One's above the other. It creates separation. It's a question that stems from brokenness, and it's a question that leads to separation. Do not ever ask your kids which parent they prefer. That is a toxic question to ask. It will mess up your family. It will mess up your kids. It will mess up yourself, your wife, and your marriage. Don't do it. Okay, it is a dumb question to ask. I mean, already naturally, your kids are already going to go through phases where they favor one parent anyway. There are just seasons where that happens. I can think back with all three of my kids to when they wanted me and to when they wanted their mother. I mean, I can think back to just this last week where all the kid, all the kids were basically sick, and there was one night where my daughter Reagan was just really having it. So she went to bed at 7.30. She wakes up about 10 o'clock. Well, she fell asleep before I got to her room, so she didn't get a story. Well, who goes up there to save the day and read the story? Not Dad. It was Mom. She goes up there. She reads the story. When the story is over, I went in there to tell her goodnight again, and she wanted me to stay and snuggle. Even though Mom read the story, she wanted Daddy. So that's what I did. She fell asleep. I went back downstairs with my wife. At some point in the middle of the night, she wakes up again. She's screaming. She's losing her mind. She's congested. She's sick. So my wife, who, keep in mind, got attacked by a dog a couple weeks ago, has uh, a leg that's pretty nasty and gnarly. She becomes super mom, goes upstairs with the bad leg, and Reagan had to go to the bathroom. So she takes her to the bathroom. She takes care of her. She was congested. She had a runny nose. She was coughing. She was all sorts of stuff. So my wife sets the pillows up so you know she's not having the drainage that's messing her up while she's trying to sleep. She gets a humidifier, fills that up, gets that going. She gets a diffuser, fills that up, puts some peppermint oil in it, and just gets everything ready. Gets my daughter tucked in, does way more than I would have even considered doing or even thought to have to, thought to do for my daughter. And what happens? She lays down next to her, and after she did all of that, my daughter Reagan did not say, thanks, Mom, I really appreciate this. She said, is Daddy coming up here? after all of that, she just still wanted me. And it's not that she loves me more. It's just kids go through seasons. They go through these phases where they just, they cling to one parent over the other. And it's not that they love you more. And it's not that you're a better parent than your spouse. That's not the case. It's just your kids are growing and learning and they go through these seasons. So don't allow that to get to your head. Don't exploit that and and make it something that it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to become this idea like, well, you know what? I know my wife does all these other things that I don't do, but apparently I'm still a better parent because my kids love me more. Don't think dumb stuff like that. It's not a competition. It's not a comparison. You're in this together. You're one unit. This is the design that God had for the family. You leave your father and mother. You cleave to your wife. You become one and you have your own family. You and your wife are one. You are one. Even as moms and dads, you are one parenting unit. So do not mess that up with competition. Do not mess that up with comparison. In fact, you ought to make it an effort of yours to make sure that your kids see the value of their mother. Make sure your kids get in a routine of appreciation for their mom. You should praise your wife 
their mother in front of the kids. Talk about how good of a mom she is. So periodically, I'll ask my kids what they think about the food, if they think the food's really good, because nine times out of ten, plus a few extra times, my wife is the one who cooks. And so I make sure that the kids understand, hey, mom cooked this food. If you think it's good, maybe you should let her know. Maybe you should say, thank you, I appreciate this. This is really good. You did a great job. Help your kids learn to appreciate their mother because she's irreplaceable. She's great. She's going to do things that you will not do. She has qualities that you don't possess. She's got abilities that you do not have. And the same is true on your side. You have traits that she doesn't. You have abilities that she doesn't. You have qualities that she doesn't. But it's not so that you can be competitive. It's so that you can be complementary with each other because you're one unit. You are parenting with your wife. So make sure your kids get in a routine of appreciation for the mother. All right, I try and encourage them to see just how great their mom is. I always make sure they do something little, like tell their mom bye, give give her a hug, say I love you before we leave. Because there's never anything that's so important that we can't spare five seconds to do that. Okay, taking that five seconds to say, Mom, I love you, I'll be right back. That's more important than just trying to get a five-second head start out the door. Make sure your kids just build this routine. You're going to be a crucial part of that. Make sure your kids learn to value their mother because it's not about you getting all the praise and the attention because it's not just about you. You're doing this together. Don't create separation between you and their mother. You're one parenting unit. Okay? Don't let don't go behind mom's back and say, oh, well, this is okay. Oh, well, you know, I don't really feel the same as your mother on this. Work that out with mommy before you ever go to the kids. All right, you need to be on the same page with your wife. You're doing this together. Remember, you're partners in parenting. You are one. You're doing it together. So do it together. Talk about parenting. Discuss your ideas, your strategies for parenting, things that you've learned. My wife reads more books than I do. She tells me things that she reads about. We talk about those things. You're doing it together. So be open, share, and do something that's really difficult for guys. Be vulnerable. If you feel like you have a weakness, open up about it. Say, you know what? I feel like I'm being really hard on the kids I feel like I have a short temper. This this last week hasn't been good for me as a dad. Just open up to her. Maybe she'll have a solution. Maybe she'll be able to say, well, I think it might be because of this. Or maybe she just supports you through your failure and your weakness. And she stands with you. She stands by you as your wife. Maybe that helps you get through it. But it doesn't happen if you're not vulnerable and open about it. My wife... A while back, this is just an example, she told me an idea that she had for the kids. She thought it would be really great if we used our movie room and just all slept in there one night and made the big tent and made it look like we're camping to bring that element of enchantment into the kid's life. I'm not going to forget that. I'm going to remember that and I'm going to work with her to at some point make that happen. Another thing that you need to be okay with as a parenting unit is you need to be open to her critique and criticisms. 
that's a hard thing to do because we hate being wrong as individuals, especially as men, because we think we've always got it figured out because we're always right. I get it. I'm a guy. I know what it's like. And if you deny that, you're crazy because we all think the same way. But sometimes she tells me if she thinks that I'm out of line. And I don't always receive it in the moment because I'm a guy, but I do always take time to reflect on what she tells me. And I adjust as necessary. I value her input. And you should value your wife's input too. You should allow her space to speak into your life. Because you're doing this together. So let me talk about a traditional Christian perspective on this, at least one that I was raised to believe, which I think is blatantly wrong now. But it has to do with this with this issue of allowing your wife to speak into your life in regards to parenting, in regards to anything really, but we're talking about parenting today, parenting with your wife. But sometimes we won't allow the critiques and the criticism because we're the head of the house. The Bible says that the husband's the head of the wife. It does say that, and that is true. The problem is, is we use a 21st century westernized perspective imposed on that scripture, and we don't consider the culture in which Paul was in when he wrote that in the book of Ephesians. Because Paul writes that in a Greco-Roman context, where women were still viewed as property. And what he says to husbands, in spite of that, is cataclysmic. And we ought to so much more do that in our day and age, where women actually have equal rights and aren't viewed as property, but they are a significant part of the family. Guys, we ought to be held to a much higher standard with what Paul said, especially when he said it. And we'll get to that. We'll talk about that. But we have this problem with receiving input from our our spouses sometimes, from our wives sometimes, because we have this idea that we're not necessarily on the same playing field, that we are a little bit above, and she is a little bit beneath because we're the head of the household, right? We're the head of the wife. So we have this idea, okay, and it's basically understood to mean that you're the boss. If you're the man, you're the boss. You make the decisions. You have the final say. You have to be the one to do things like pray for the family. I I actually heard this said at a men's conference one time, and when it was said, I was just kind of blown away and flabbergasted because I couldn't believe that someone was dumb enough to actually believe this. But they said, if you aren't praying for your family, if you aren't leading prayer in your house, then who will? <laughs> it's just like, um, I have a wife. She's smart, educated, has common sense. She's talented. She possesses great qualities and characteristics. She loves God. She prays, and she does do those things with the kids. So yeah, she can do those things, and she does do those things. What do you mean if I'm not doing it, then it's not going to happen? I'm not in this all by myself. The sole responsibility of the destiny of my family does not fall on me because I'm not the only parent under the roof of the house. There's a mom who I've called wife, who I've made a vow that I will be with until I die. Yeah, it's not just me. What what a dumb thing for someone to say that if you as a dad aren't the one praying for your kids, then who's going to do it? What a way to undervalue your wife. What a way to think to yourself, oh, the mom's not that important. That is so stupid. I I still, 
I almost get mad thinking about it because it's just so dumb. It really is. It is so, so dumb. So let me let me straighten this out. You don't need to think of yourself as the head of the house. Just think of it as the man of the house. And that simply means that you're the man within the house. You are the display, the model of what a man ought to be and look like within your household. So you should do honorable things as a man. You should set a standard for masculinity. Especially in the world that we live in today, your children need to see what masculinity should look like. So look and act like a man. Help your sons. Look and act like men. Help your daughters not look and not act like men. You as a man need to display emotion because your kids need to see what it looks like for a man to be kind, to love, to grieve. It's not a weakness. It's what's needed. So be the man of the house because that's who you're supposed to be. And in addition to that, you can lead, you can pray, you can do all those things, but not because no one else will, but because that's what you should be doing. And how much greater will that be when your wife does it too? When your wife does it with you, when you lead together. Now, people like to go to the book of Ephesians, and it's in chapter number five, if you want to take a peek at it. But they like to go there and they like to talk about, and this is, this is the, the, the manly perspective here, but they like to talk about verse 25. This is, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. Wives are supposed to submit themselves to the macho men of the house. That's what the Bible says, and so that's how we're going to live. The husband's the head of the wife. But as men, we like to uh, not read the rest of that. We like to forget what else Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5. So how about we talk about what he says to husbands? He tells the husbands to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Men, you are called to love your wives in a completely selfless way. You are called to love your wife and allow her her preference. Allow her to get the things that she wants. To live in a way where you serve her. Because that's what Jesus did for us. He came to serve. Was he a leader? Yes. Is he the king of kings? Yes. But you know what? He did it all by serving. He's the servant king. Yeah. He is the head he is on top. He is number one. But he did it all from being the guy on the bottom. He did it all from the perspective of a servant. And Paul says, husbands, this is how you're supposed to love and be with your wives. You're supposed to serve her. You're supposed to give yourself up for her. And the amazing thing when you think about that, Jesus gave himself up knowing good and well that there would be people who would never reciprocate that back to him. People would reject him, and he knew that. But he loved them so much, in spite of their brokenness, in spite of their personal preference, he did it anyway. 
And we're called to love our wives like that. Maybe your wife's mad at you. Ooh, sorry. You're supposed to love her the same way that Christ loves you. That even when you're mad and broken, he still loves you just the same. I'm reminded of something that I heard. It's it's on an old album, but it talks about God being our friend. And the man speaking said, you know, God is your friend in some of your lowest moments of life. God doesn't come to you and say, when you get your act together, then we can be friends. <laughs> no, God is with you constantly. And that's how we're supposed to be with our wives. When your wife is bickering and mad at you and nagging and doing whatever else she might be doing, or maybe her world is falling apart, it shouldn't be like, look, when you calm down, we can work this out. Nope. Nope. It's in the bad times, the rough times, that you're still supposed to love your wife like Christ loves the church and give yourself for her. And I think if you're honest with yourself, because I can definitely be honest with myself and answer this question, but if you're honest with yourself, you fail at that probably every day. Shoot, I know I do. So, show your wife some grace. Don't lose your mind at her if you think she's not submitting. Because there's a good chance that if you feel she's not submitting, it's probably because you aren't loving her like you're supposed to. You have the bigger responsibility. They just have to submit. You have to love like Christ did. You have to be selfless. You have to give yourself. You have to be the servant who gets nothing in return, and that be okay. That's what you're called to do as a husband. So remember that. Remember that and extend some grace. But here's the, here's the wonderful thing. If you will love that way, the submitting that the wife is called to do, is a piece of cake. It's something that's desirable. It's not something that is a drudgery. It becomes desirable. So, this is the structural hierarchy within the household. Yes, husbands, you're the head of the wife, but you're the head in the sense of you're serving her, you're giving selflessly for her, you're loving her unconditionally, when she's happy, when she's sad, when she's angry, when she's mad, you are loving her the same way that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So remember, this is not a competition. You don't need to be comparing yourself with your wife. You were partners in parenting. You were doing this together. You need to be parenting with your wife. So view your wife in the proper lens. She's in this with you. And if you want to raise great, well-balanced kids, which is the whole goal, we want to raise humans that are good, that contribute and add to their communities, that bring goodness and share with other people. If you want to do that, then you'll parent with your wife. And you'll not try and lead and be the one who does it all. Because it's not about you. It's not a solo act. It's a partnership. You're supposed to parent with your wife. Thank you for listening today. This is Fathering Our Future. Again, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Share it with other dads because I think it's truly going to bless other men, other dads. Also, follow it on social media wherever you happen to be. And again, it's Valentine's Day. 
We're talking about parenting with your wife. So do something special for your wife. Let her know that you love her and that you're going to continue striving to love her more and more the way that you're supposed to. And maybe tell her how you respect her, not just as your wife, but also as the mother of your kids. And let her know that on this special day, that you want to be more intentional about parenting with her and do this thing together. And if you'll do that, your kids are going to turn out great. Your marriage is going to be strong. Your family is going to be beautiful. So parent with your wife. This is Father in Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandergriff. Thank you again for listening today, and I hope you'll join me next time.